Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. <laughs> well, here's my quick Sunday sermon. And I want this, unlike most sermons, I want this to be interactive. I'd like to hear from you. As sports parents and coaches and educators, we're going to have to find a silver lining in these difficult times. And, and looking at our world through the prism of youth sports, this is actually a good time for you as a sports parent or as a coach to encourage your son or daughter to, to focus on their physical conditioning and, if they can, to go out and practice their skills on their own. Now, I'm talking about shooting or dribbling a basketball on their own or with a soccer ball or throwing a tennis ball against a wall to improve their their fielding skills with a baseball glove or a lacrosse stick, or going just for a run or a bike ride. All these activities, and many more like them, can be done individually and without the need for coaches or teammates. And in fact, for most young athletes, this is actually how you indeed get better and stronger at your sports skills, by working on your skills, again, on your own. Now, Mom and Dad, you can help out as well if they do need some some help, like, let's say, tossing batting practice to them with a softball or baseball. You can do that. But most of all, encourage them. Reassure them that youth sports will be coming back to their lives soon and that they should use this time to work on some of those skills that they want to master or to get better at. Now, over the last week... Because the gym where I work out is closed, I've been going for long walks with my wife, and I, it's been wonderful to see kids out shooting hoops on their own, or riding bikes, or going for runs, or playing tennis, knocking a tennis ball against a wall. Believe it or not, these kind of things, these activities, haven't been all that common in recent years. And that's, that's curious to me. Obviously, the reason being is that most kids have been going off to organize practice sessions. Uh, and, you know, they don't have the time in their busy schedules to go out on their own and practice because they're off at, at, at again, practice sessions that are run by either their, their local town, their school, travel teams, whatever it might be. But these, of course, are, are different times. Above all, as a sports parent, you have to remain positive. You have to reinforce the message to your kids that their lives will return to normal soon. And don't forget this. Our kids may not show it, but most of them are scared. So you definitely have to be there for them, and you have to talk to them. 
or more importantly, let them talk to you. Let them connect with you. Don't be so eager to lecture them. Let them open up and let them tell you what their fears and concerns are. Now, I'm curious, what are you seeing in your neighborhoods? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Are you seeing kids going outside and working on physical skills and, and, their, and, and basically uh, you know, working at their sports? Let's talk about this. one 337 6666 I want to get a sense. I want to take a, a temperature gauge of what you're seeing out there with kids in your neck of the woods. You know, and, and tell me what you think. Or if you don't say anything at all, then tell me that as well. I'm curious. Are the kids basically just sort of holed up and playing video games? You know, from your end, as a sports parent, obviously this is hard on all of us because we all love sports. This is really the golden opportunity for you to take some time to read about youth sports and to read everything you can. In fact, for example, maybe the time has come for you to read a rule book. When was the last time you read a rule book for your sport? I mean, trust me, believe it or not, many of the rules that you grew up with when you were playing, well, they've changed over the years. A little bit here, a little bit there, but don't assume that the rules are the same from when they were 20 or 25 or 30 years ago. You can also read a a book, there's plenty of them out there, on how to teach skills and drills to your youngster. Again, use this time to go out and educate yourself on how to become, you know, a better sports parent or a better sports coach. Or watch a video. There are plenty of basic videos out there. You can go to any number of, of websites to check out and how to learn the basics of a sport. I mean, I remember many, many years ago, I never played soccer as a kid. So when my kids started to play soccer, well, you know, I went to the local library and I found some videos on the basic rules of soccer. It was important for me to do that so I could educate myself on how to teach certain parts, very, very basic fundamentals of, of, of the game. Or here's another good idea. Just go out and find a a great sports movie to share with your family. Field of Dreams, for example, is an all-time classic. Uh, The Mighty Ducks, uh, Miracle on Ice, Sandlot. Yeah, even go back, find the original Bad News Bears. Spend some quality time. Spend some time with your youngster who obviously loves to play sports uh, and, and explain to them, you know, what's going on. My point is we're going to need to be creative during this time. And most importantly, you got to get your kids moving. Don't let them lose their excitement or enthusiasm for sports. And by the way, if they are playing video games, well, yeah, you can come some slack. They can play video games for a little while, but don't, don't let them become totally obsessed with them. Let them play for a while just to, you know, enjoy themselves. But, yeah, we want to make sure the kids are outside getting some exercise. All right, let's, let's take some calls about this because, as I said, I am curious to see what you're seeing from your perspective in your neighborhoods. one 337 6666. Let's start our conversation this morning. Let's go to Ed over in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Ed, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. Well, the one thing I know is this. If I keep watching Yankee Classics, I might see the first undefeated team ever in history. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they never lose, do they? (laughs) No, it's amazing. Um, No, I'm glad you brought that up because I live across the street from a park. Yep. And it's been amazing how many parents or fathers, I should say, are outside playing catch with their son. Some fathers are hitting them ground balls, and some 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 of them are using um. They got batting tees, and they're they're working on their hitting skills. Uh, you know, against the fence, and 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 the fathers are instructed. So I guess you know that that's a that's a good thing to do. Yep. But you know, even like like for example, you said reading a rule book. I umpire high school. And then that's I, I've been trying. I've been doing that this week, trying to freshen up on my rules, because we don't know when we're going to get back out there. It's 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 just one of those situations. You hope soon, and you got to be prepared and all that. But uh, that topic about parents getting involved, I, I see it right across the street, my uh, where I live at, at a park, and uh, the, it's it's a good turnout of parents coming out because I, I guess you know they want to keep their kids prepared just in case they're they're ready to go play. Well, you know, Ed, I, I think that's exactly what's going on. And, you know, people might say, well, what about uh, the whole concern about social distancing? Well, I've been very careful 
not to advocate that kids go out and play with other kids and they should not go out and, and play with other uh, you know coaches in the area. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about your father or in some cases perhaps the mom. But you know, going out with them, your family members, uh, and, and practicing and doing it in sort of a quasi-isolated way because we don't want to have the run the risk of having the infection spread if kids are playing with other kids. I know that's very tempting to do that and kids may feel that they it's much more fun to play with their, their buddies and peers but obviously going out to the park as you said and you're seeing dads you know throwing or having t-ball whatever it might be you're having a catch that's fine just keep your distance from everybody else and you know Ed uh, reading the rule book I mean, I started doing that when I was coaching college ball because I found every year there'd be little little changes uh, to the to the sport, and I always want to make sure I knew what the rules were because there's nothing more embarrassing to go out and <laughs> and and have a de- debate with an umpire, and the umpire says, you know, Rick, they changed the rules last year. You're aware of that, right? I mean, I've always, always wanted to avoid that kind of thing, and I think it makes sense just to have, you know, parents and coaches go back and take a little time and reread the rule book because the rules do occasionally change. Well, well, especially each year in high school, though, they have their new changes now. Like, like they've uh, added a, a like a the designated hitter now can also be a fielder. Yep. You know, they changed the rule, and you got to understand the interpretation of it too, because it, it can be tricky and all that. And uh, it I is tricky. One more, sure, go ahead. One more story. A friend of mine uh, has a son who who was a freshman at Ramapo College, so he decides yesterday to to go out to his high school. And and it's it's some balls off a of tee, but like hitting them into the outfit and all that stuff. He's right. working on his hitting skills and all that stuff. The janitor comes out and kicks him off the field. Yet he let about thirty kids playing soccer on the football field. So he he brought that up and he goes, "You're right. I'll let you hit. I'll kick them off." Because <laughs> well, because because that was a group of people and he was by himself, minding his own business, to work on his hitting skills and all that. It, it it is we as we know we're li- we're living in very unusual times. Uh, Ed, and thank you for your call as always. You know it, it's um it is difficult. And first of all, there's always a question: Well, are kids allowed to go and practice on school facilities because the gyms are all closed, the schools are closed? Um, and the question is: Well, can they go and practice on a school field? Obviously, kids can't play soccer uh, en masse because obviously they're running around getting close and they're not observing social distancing. Hitting a baseball off a batting tee, that should be okay. But again, uh, we're in such uncertain times. Well, are fields really closed? Well, in many cases, the fields are closed. doesn't help situations at all for kids who want to practice their skills. But uh, I'm hopeful they can always find at least some facility that's open uh, or field, nothing else, where they can work on their skills and, and not uh, run the risk of, of being shooed away by, by a school custodian or by a police officer. Uh, yeah, again, we have to be creative to find ways to, for our kids to play sports. Let's, uh, let's move on. Let's go to, uh, to Brooklyn, and John is standing by. John, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Good morning. First, I want to thank you for posting my book. Yes. And saying just nice things. And I was listening to you talk to Ed, and you're exactly right. The main thing, even for adults, we need to stay positive. Okay? We need to have a strong mentality. If you Mm -hmm. have a strong mentality and be positive, we'll get through this. But if you, you know, if you kind of break down, that's not good. You need to stay strong. That's the main message first. Yep. And I I only I went for a walk yesterday. I did three miles around the park, and uh, there was only one dad out there uh, working with his daughter pitching. You know, she was on the mound and he was catching from behind no play. So mm-hmm. I haven't seen much of that one on one in Brooklyn so, so far. Huh. Well, that, that's that's curious. Um, and, John, thank you so much for chiming in. That is John D'Angelo, his new book I gave a really wonderful review to on, on uh, my website. Uh, be sure to check it out uh, because John has a wealth of, of, of history working with youngsters and uh, his, his insights, some excellent little points of advice there that all sports parents and coaches should check out. But, John, thank you. Thank you for checking in this morning. And, and you know, it is, it is curious. Everybody's going to do this differently. Uh, the one thing I would caution parents, listen to your kids. You know, don't be in a situation where you're pushing your youngster uh, to go out and practice. No, it's got to come the other way around. 
where the youngster says, geez, it's a nice day outside, the sun's shining, I'd like to go out and get some fresh air. Hey, uh, mom, hey, dad, should we go in the backyard and kick a soccer ball around or go to the local park, uh, have a catch, bring out the lacrosse sticks, whatever it may be, even as simple as just going out and shooting some hoops or uh, going for a bike ride, as I said, you got to be able to do things with the youngsters. Otherwise, you're going to run the risk where they, they begin to get a little too uh, sloth-like and they just don't, they sort of lose direction as to what they want to do with their sports. Uh, it is a concern, and, and I think it's something where this is going to continue. The good news is, of course, that uh, we're entering into the spring and, and longer days and warmer temperatures so that, you know, we do have a chance to work out with our kids. Uh, but again, keep your social distance, that's for sure, and obviously make sure the kids, uh, you know, stay as best they can in terms of being clean, keeping their hands washed as well. Uh, obviously, it's all very good advice. Um, let me just add this too, and uh, moving on. You know, I, I've been a little concerned in recent years uh, about what's happening with kids and youth baseball. Now, for those of you who listened to my show over the years, you know I played a variety of sports like you did growing up, whether it was football, basketball, I ran track and field. But baseball was my main sport, and I, I, I you know, was went on to play in college and, and professionally. Uh, and obviously, for many of us uh, of a certain generation, baseball has always been the the sort of national pastime. Then I also realize, of course, that sports come and go uh, depending on the times and, and the society in which we live. For example, um, I mentioned I played a lot of football as a kid. When I went to high school, in my high school, uh, soccer, they didn't even have a soccer team. There was no such sport I mean, as far as they were concerned. Obviously, soccer was very popular you know, around the world, but uh, in those days, uh, growing up in Westchester County, soccer was not something that was really all that common. Uh, so I realize now, of course, soccer today, my kids all played soccer, and I realize that soccer has grown in popularity. But baseball, on the other hand, seems to be heading in the wrong direction. And I know you're going to tell me that in a lot of districts, a lot of towns, baseball is more popular than ever, that perhaps Little League sports, uh, Little League baseball is booming. But I saw a note the other day my, my buddy Ken Samuelson sent to me, uh, and, and it was about the town of or the city of Peekskill. Now, Peekskill up on the Hudson River is a pretty good-sized community. But even before the coronavirus hit our shores, they said that they didn't have enough kids to play Little League Baseball this year, and as a result, they were not going to have Little League in Peekskill. And again, this is long before, this was announced long before coronavirus epidemic hit, that Peekskill was already planning on not having a Little League Baseball this spring. And again, Peekskill has a long tradition, as do most towns in our area, of kids playing Little League ball. But apparently that tradition is coming to an end because it has nothing to do with Corona. Just there wasn't enough interest in that town to play uh, youth baseball anymore. And the few Peekskill kids who did want to play are being encouraged to sign on with the neighboring town over in Cortland, New York. Uh, but in Peekskill, even though many of the kids who played last year, well, they just didn't sign up this year. And on top of that, there weren't enough grown-ups who, who volunteered to help coach or, or to help out. So just to be clear, I'm not picking on Peekskill because lots of towns around here are having similar concerns on kids trying to, you know, I guess they're shifting to play other sports. But I do hear with increasing uh, concern each year that fewer kids are going out for baseball. Now, again, baseball, particularly Little League baseball, does remain popular in lots of towns. Uh, for example, I know over in, uh, in Newcastle in Westchester County in the town of Chappaqua, their town team is having a tremendous number of kids who want to play this spring, but of course their season's been postponed because of the virus. But I want to know what's going on. Are you seeing a, a downturn with kids going out for baseball in your town? And along those same lines, my question is, if you were the commissioner of Major League Baseball, how would you try to basically try to market or sell the game of baseball to the next generation? And that's those are my two questions. Are you seeing a downturn, or are you seeing the same as always with baseball in your town? And also, how would you sell Major League Baseball? I got some ideas, and I'd like to share them with you. But let me let me take a pause. Uh, of course, we'll take your calls at one 337 6666 When I return, we'll talk about this, because I'm curious to get your feedback. Stay with me. Big Wolf. 
on Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, the fan, WFAN. Hey, back here on the Sports Edge, I'm your host, Rick Wolf. I've asked a question before the break about whether or not you're seeing just generally a bit of a downturn in the interest in youth baseball where you live, or do you think it's as strong as ever? I mean, I'm curious about this. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, the city of Peekskill, long before the virus got to our shores, they've already decided they were not going to have uh, youth baseball, Little League baseball this year. There just wasn't enough number of kids who wanted to play in that town. Peekskill's a pretty good-sized town. Uh, and again, I'm not picking on Peekskill because I get these kind of reports from all over the place, and I'm curious if, to see if that's what you're seeing. And also, in those long lines, how, how would you, you have any thoughts on how you'd sell baseball to the next generation of kids if you were head of marketing for Major League Baseball? How would you do that? I have some thoughts as well. We're taking your calls at one 337 6666 Let's go to Coach Tom over in North Arlington. Hey, Tom, how are you? Morning, Rick. How you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. You threw me a curveball there. I was I calling up for the first part, and then you gave me even a better question for the second part here. <laughs> well, you got you got to look for the fastball, and then you can always shift off to the curve. Oh my, my goodness! Friend. Yeah. Well, well, ju- just one thing about that. You know what, what I'm seeing around here, just like the yeah. uh, this caller has with a lot of uh, you know uh, kids with their parents out. This is going to be a test case for something we've always said. For, especially for these better players, because they're the ones who are getting out practicing. That actually practice is better than playing three, four, five games in a day. Yes. Okay. That you, you may see at the end of this, some of these players really jump. You know, at that you know at that little league level, that their talent because now they've you know they haven't thrown extra, they haven't overused their muscles, and yet they've worked on certain things and gotten more done. That's what I believe, anyway. Okay, but as far as the other part with the baseball, I I agree that there's a downturn. I think it's because a lot of the better players are just playing travel. You're seeing more travel than I've ever seen before. Some kids playing on two, three different travel teams. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, because they just feel it's a waste to play, you know, in a, quote, local league. And then what happens is there's less kids, all right? And you're also seeing... Uh, and again, when I used to coach Legion, we would field a roster of 18 players. Now, you got if you have 10 players, that's a lot, because once you get more than that, if you're not playing, the kids don't want to play. Even if they're sitting on the bench just for half a game, it's it's like a different mentality. I don't know if it's because of, uh, you know, there's so many sports or because of video games. It just seems like if you're not part of the game for the whole game, a lot of these people just aren't interested. And it's expensive. You know, you have to, I mean, back in the day when we did it, you just showed up with a pair of sneakers and a glove. Now you got to have your own helmet. you got to have your own bat. You have your own batting gloves. You know, it's like there's a whole line of equipment as well. Tom, these are all good points. Uh, and, yeah, I do think that there's a, there are considerations obviously with the cost because it's it's sort of incumbent these days if you're going to play baseball yeah you have to be sort of sort of decked out with as you say your own helmet your your own bat which is expensive uh gloves uh spikes uniform all that stuff that does cost a lot of money not to mention trying to register you know for the league travel teams are taking their toll although you know it's funny i i to your point about you know kids have an expectation that they're going to come and play and play the entire game, uh, that's been sort of a real as you know real bugaboo with travel teams because a lot of the travel coaches say no you're going to play just half the game uh, we got too many kids here, um, and that's a problem as well. It, it, but you know underlying all this I think is the fact that let's face it baseball is a tough game to master especially yeah. if you're a kid. Uh, how to swing a bat, how to catch a ball, how to field, how to throw. It's hard. And uh, I think that's part of it as well, too, Tom. I, I just think that a lot of kids to say, yeah, I, no, I'd rather just go out and kick a soccer ball or play basketball, whatever it might be, because this is just too hard. And unfortunately, a lot of the practice sessions that uh, youth coaches are involved in, they, they're not particularly well run. They're just kind of, you know, the, 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 the coach uh, just basically tosses batting practice and everybody else stands in the outfield and just, does nothing for two hours. It's yes, not, and, not and, fun. and one more thing, Rick. Uh, sure. I, I noticed. I think uh, baseball, in order to get over ahead of these other sports, in the past, I, I thought, it's, and it's a failure. I think they've tried to get kids at too early an age. Okay, so now you have like maybe five, six, and seven. They're doing t-ball, which is like the most boring thing you've ever seen on the face <laughs> of the earth. 
Okay, even for I'm talking about for the kids that are there. <laughs> you know, a t-ball where the, your your uh, the, your own coach pitches to you, and to me, by the time a kid's seven or eight years old, they they hate the sport if they, if, if they you know they're not really really good at it. Whereas if you didn't start until maybe you were nine or ten years old, it'd be like oh this is something novel. You know, like anything else with you. Let, let me go out and try. Oh, I can hit a ball. I can throw a ball. You know, you're physically able to do the things. No, that you can. It's not like in basketball. You at least you get to shoot at a lower hoop. You know, in baseball, it's pretty much the same skills. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's difficult, like you said. It's the hardest thing in the world to do. Tom, okay. I, I agree as always. Thank you for your thoughts this morning. I greatly appreciate it. You know, and to along Tom's points, you know, one of the things I, I was preparing my notes this morning. Because baseball is so difficult to play, and, and again, it's just if you, if you go out at age five or six to kick a soccer ball, well, you can sort of kick a soccer ball if uh, you can run around. Uh, if you want to play basketball and you find a hoop where the, the rim is much lower, maybe at five or six feet, yeah, occasionally you throw a ball into a hoop, um, and so on and so forth, or riding a bike or, or going for a run. But baseball... You know, I've always looked upon the game as being the most difficult of all the sports to play because there's so many components and so many facets of it you have to master. And it's hard to do any of those things when you're five or six or seven years old. And to, uh, to, uh, to Tom's point, you know, maybe that's the problem, that the kids just get so frustrated so fast and we have such deep ex- or high expectations for our youngsters when it comes to deep ball. The kids say, I don't want to do this anymore. It's too difficult. And maybe that's what Major League Baseball should do. Maybe they should market the game as to say to the youngsters today, you know, if you want to, if you want to take on the most difficult sport of them all, go out and try and play baseball because it's, it is a very, very difficult uh, sport, uh, an athletic endeavor to master. And only the very best and the, you know, the most, the bravest, the most courageous will take it on. Maybe you sell it sort of some reverse psychology. Uh, maybe that's the way to do this. All right, let's, let's move on. Let's go to, uh, let's go to a Hall of Fame coach, uh, Jack Smithlin over in Fairlawn. Good morning, Jack. Uh, what, what, are you th- what are you seeing in your neighborhood? And, and tell me about uh, marketing baseball. Well, Rick, first of all, um, listening to your closing statements last week and your opening statements today, you you hit it right on the head. And getting back to Tom real quick, um, I believe I read in Rick's book or maybe even his mentor's book that um, the best way to hit the curveball is don't miss the fastball. So, (laughs) you know, when you're talking about difficulty in this sport, you know, getting back to the baseball part, and then I and then I like to talk about the the uh, what I'm noticing in my neighborhood. Yep. Um, it is the most difficult sport in the world to play. I mean, one of the best athletes that I've ever watched in my lifetime proved that um, in Michael Jordan. I mean, he was a, he played baseball in high school. He played baseball as a youth kid. He became a great basketball player after not even making his uh, basketball team in high school at the beginning. But he tried it for two years, and he said, "This is crazy." I mean, you know, you, to hit a to hit a round ball with a round bat while both are moving is the most difficult skill any kid's ever going to learn. And you hit it right on the head too, and so did Tom. That you know, there's so many skills in baseball, but you know, the reasons are, and you guys both hit on it, is that there's many sports that are much easier. Kids don't like to fail, and baseball and softball is all about failing less times, you know, when, you know, if I ever came home with a test score of 30, you know, on a, on a math test or an English test or a, or a science test, you know, I'd be, I'd be reprimanded and probably punished, you know, but the best hitters in the world are, are, are passing at 30%, you know, so kids don't like to fail today. And there are so many other sports, like you said, plus the decline in little league is, is 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 very big today uh, i read a study online that since 2005 little league baseball has dropped 33 percent yeah and one of the reasons is exactly what you and tom mentioned that there are so many club teams out there i have six kids that i give lessons to during the winter and in the fall and the spring um we take a break during the summer but i have six kids from the same town Okay, and not one of them plays on the same club team. They all play on different teams. So 
we're being saturated with all these club teams, which are taking away, and they're promising these kids the world, you know, and some of them can produce it with scouts being there and college coaches being there and showcases and all of that. So who wants to go play Little League in front of their parents when they could be playing Little League in front of possible high school coaches, college coaches, and even pro coaches? So, you know, these things are are all relevant to why baseball is dying. You know, Major League Baseball has to figure out something to promote it better. You know, to, to I mean, I even do clinics, hitting clinics, and I've noticed in some of the towns that I'm common in doing it, like every year, that the clinic, the numbers of people, kids at the clinics, are diminishing every single year. So, you know, it, it's tough, but they have to figure out something. I mean, they got to promote it better with sand stuff, but getting back to the beginning, what your whole show was about, well, about Jack, this virus me, and what we're doing. Go I ahead. mean, all, all those those uh, stats you just gave are all true, those insights. We know there's just a, an ongoing onslaught of, of travel teams popping up everywhere, and again, they sound a lot more glamorous and glitzier than just playing for one's local town yeah, team or, or Little League team. And I mentioned before about courage and of course you alluded to the fact that it's a game where you're going to fail 70 percent of the time if you're a hitter but we don't overlook the fact that most kids when they first go out and they're facing live uh pitching they are terrified and uh, they don't nobody wants to get hit by a pitch and we sometimes overlook the fact that yeah this is very scary for a youngster and uh you know this takes a long time i don't think anybody ever truly masters uh, their fear, but they're able enough to go up and try to hit a baseball against pretty good, you know, pretty good velocity. But again, that's yep. that's part of the process as well. And I, you know, and, and we've discussed this in the past. Major League Baseball seems to be enamored these days with power pitchers who strike out people uh, or batters, and of course, guys who hit a home runs. So it's a game at the major league level of strikeouts if you're a pitcher and home runs if you're a hitter. And that's not what baseball is, at least in the old school manner. When you're a kid and you start playing baseball at the youth level, as you well know, Jack, it's more about, you know, get on base, hit the ball in the gap, steal a base, uh, hit and run, you know, a lot of action, a lot of activity. But that's not how the game they is have, played, you know? They have, to, they have to get back. That's exactly right. They have to get back to what baseball was like at the beginning. And, you know, you and I talk about this all the time. Times are changing, and, and they're not for the good, you know? And when you talk about baseball, moving runners – Stealing, hitting and running, that's all part of the game. So with the way baseball's moving, it takes that kid out of the game. My yeah. son was that kind of kid. Yeah. He was fast, he could run, he could bunt. You know, I mean, he led the league in, in, in minor leagues one year in hitting, and he had 37 bunt singles. You take those singles, those bunts away, and his batting average is around 200. It's, so, you know, and getting back to the beginning of your show, and yeah. this is great. I took a break the other day, and I started, I walked down to the park. And this was the day after your closing statement last week. It was Monday. And I saw three kids just throwing the ball. And I said, wow, people walking around the park, people with their dogs. But these three kids were having a catch. And I said, you know what? What the hell? You know, here I am, a college coach, nothing to coach right now. Our season ended. So I got a bat. And I hit the, I separated them so that they weren't close together. I was, you know, at least 150 feet away from them. And I put one in right, one in center, one in left. And I hit them fly balls for about a half hour. And, <laughs> you know, one of the kids came up to me and, and you know, kind of recognized me. But I kind of like said, no, I'm not a famous coach or anything. You know, I'm just a college coach. And they said, can we do this more? I said, yeah, why not? So, you know, here I am hitting fly balls to kids that I don't even know, and they're having fun. And as much as I wanted to instruct them and tell them, hey, get your glove up, you know, do this, do that, I said, you know what? They're having fun. And that's what it's all about, and that's what your closing statement last week was about and your opening statement today. Yep. You've got to be cautious, but have fun, kids. Just go out. No instruction, no criticism. Just do it the way you want. And have fun doing it. Rick, great topic. I think that the fan should put you on a little bit more often now, being that there's no sports to report on. So what are we listening to sports about? Let's just do more of your shows. 
<laughs> Thank you, Jack. Oh, goodness. That is our friend Jack Smithlin. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, he does make some excellent points. And, and clearly, the, just his little anecdote there of going out in his neighborhood and, and hitting some fungos to kids, uh, you know, just at a, on a, what was done, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Kids, when I was growing up, we routinely went out and hit uh, fly balls to each other. I, I still, to this day, always thought that, that kids today don't get enough fly balls practice because they don't. nobody's really doing that. But back in the day, it always seemed to me every kid in my neighborhood could catch a fly ball pretty routinely because they got exposed to it so much by just constant practice with other kids. Anyhow, I, I do think we're, we're, we're making some progress here. I'm glad to hear that uh, you, know, you all have some good points to make about what's happening, keeping our kids happy, keeping them in, bringing back the sport, the joy of playing the sport, whether it's baseball or lacrosse or tennis, whatever it might be, during this time to get them outside working out and really working on their own individual skills because that's, that's the key to making their, you know, to getting real progress when it comes to their athletic career. All right, let me, let me take a pause. When I return, I want to come back to this topic. If you're seeing any downturn uh, in youth baseball in your neck of the woods, and also if you're seeing, uh, if you were the, 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 the chief marketing officer for Major League Baseball, how would you sell the game to the next generation of athletes? one 337 6666 Hey, speaking of baseball, at uh, 9 o'clock this morning, Ed Randall will be here. And, of course, he'll be talking baseball, talking about what's happening at the big league level, if anything, and what's happening with uh, players and how they're getting through this crisis themselves. And talking about, uh, you know, the good old days of baseball as well. Again, it's all on Ed Randall's Talking Baseball at 9 this morning. Uh, A quick note, uh, just (laughs) bear with me on this. I've mentioned over the last uh, few weeks that uh, a new edition of my book, The Sports Parenting Edge, is going to be for sale. And indeed, it is now for sale, I'm glad to say. Here's what you do. You go to Amazon. You can buy the book either as an ebook or in a print uh, edition. But, and this is important, when you go to Amazon, you're going to find The Sports Parenting Edge by Rick, by Rick Wolf. Don't buy the book with the white cover. That's the old version that came out about 20 years ago, 2003. Instead, I urge you to consider purchasing the book that has either a blue or a green cover with the title, The Sports Parenting Edge. The blue cover is the print version of the new book, uh, and the green cover is the ebook version. Both those books have the same content and are ready to go. The book with the white cover is the old one, and I would suggest you avoid that by, if you can, either the green or the blue cover book. And again, the book is a primer for all sports parents. And I think it answers lots of the questions that moms and dads encounter as they see their youngster go through youth sports or travel teams and into high school and even look for, for college programs. I think you'll find it most helpful. So again, look at the Sports Parenting Edge on Amazon, the newly revised edition, uh, the ebook has a green cover, the print version has a blue cover, and the old version, which you should probably avoid, has a white cover. Okay, we're talking about what's happening in terms of, of baseball and, and what we're seeing in terms of how you would market the game if you were the commissioner's uh, marketing director. And Because we are seeing, we're getting some feedback that the game is sort of losing some of its attraction to kids uh, or kids are just being shuffled off the travel programs. But we do know that by the time the kids are 12 or 13, there's a, a very significant drop-off of kids playing baseball anymore. And that's not just around here, but pretty much around the country as well. Let's continue to take calls about this at one 337 6666 Let's go to Pat in Rockville Center. Good morning, Pat. You're next up on the fan. Hey, how's it going? Um, you know, <clears throat> one of the things I noticed with the previous callers, they were talking about uh, how years ago you used to be able to just go out on the field and you just hang out with, uh, they choose up sides and yep. play all day and things like that, you know. And, you know, that, that, that part of it is gone. And one of the problems with that is that uh, the kids now, you see a big separation between their skill levels. 
You know, each Little League team has a bunch of kids that are, are really good because they do travel, and you have a lot of kids who are, are really not uh, good with the skills. And you don't see the average kid anymore, the average player, you know, and then a lot of that has to do with training. And one of the big problems with training is, is, the, is the coaching staffs. You know, the volunteers, I don't know if you talk to other Little Leagues and things like that, the volunteer level has dr- dramatically dropped. No question. And, you know, it could, it could be because of the, the fact that, uh, you know, people's jobs now have changed. It's not a traditional nine-to-five jobs, things like that. But what I'm seeing, and, and, and I've been in uh, executive board of the Little League for um, at least 15, 20 years now, uh, what I'm seeing is that parents, a lot of them are millennials who have these young kids, and, and they don't want to volunteer. You know, they, they want to they wanna drop the kid off, go to Starbucks, go on their phones, and then come back when it's time to pick up their kid. And that's, that's, that's a, a problem with the training. Gee, Pat, that, that is disconcerting to hear that you're seeing this trend where the, the younger sports parents are basically saying that I'm using this as a babysitting service and let some other, you know, uh, volunteer coaches take care of their kids for an hour at practice. That, that's, not, that's not a good formula uh, for any sports parent. Not that we want sports parents just to, to go, obviously, to, to meddle or to intervene. But it sure would be nice if the sports parents, if they had, they see their youngster is interested in a sport like baseball, to at least go out and help out as a, an assistant coach, or at least be there to, to at least offer a helping hand, or at least to, to smile watching their kids, you know, go through their paces. Yeah, when I was, uh, my, I have a son that graduated college, and I have a daughter that's in college, and I managed both of their teams, and I didn't want to miss one single uh, inning of, of either of their games, you know. And I was flexible. I had a flexible schedule. I was lucky yep. to be able to, to to see all that. But you know, you just don't see that. You know, and 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 the dis- we're in a district where we have about uh, about eight or nine different towns surrounding. And uh, fortunately, our our town is the recruitment, the um, the registration numbers, and I run the registration. You know, they're running. They're, they're okay. They're holding their own. But the other towns surrounding are really hurting. And, and, and each of them all have the exact same problem, getting volunteers to, to, to sign up. You have to twist their arms. Geez, that's, that, that, again, um, if that's a growing trend, I mean, you would think that, I mean, maybe the, it's the, the sports parents today are afraid that, that uh, they're going to be perceived as being too pushy or too aggressive. Uh, but you would hope, uh, I mean, gee whiz, if it's your son or daughter going out there to play ball, that you, as you said, Pat, I mean, that, that you know, we'd want our parents to go out and, and to help out at the youth level, to be there for them. Um, that's, that is a worrisome situation, and maybe that's part of the problem, that, that we just can't get the parents out there. Uh, they sign their kids up, but they see, they see the, the, the sport as sort of like, um, you know, somebody else will take care of my kid. That, that's not a good situation at all. Pat, thank, thank you for – you go ahead. Yep. Thanks no, for the I was call. Just saying, you know, it, it could also be just a um, – Lack of confidence that, that these parents don't have the uh, skill levels that they think they need to, to, um, to, to you know, volunteer, you know. Yeah. I mean, but there's all kinds of volunteers. There's administrative ones and yeah. there's the ones I mean, that are... Well, this is what I said early on in the show. Pat, thank you for the call this morning. I had suggested, you know, this is the time where there's no youth league sports going on anywhere. Mom or dad, if you aren't familiar with Little League baseball or with youth baseball or soccer or basketball, whatever the sport may be, this is the time to go and spend some of your, of, your, of your free time to go and read about the sport, check out the rule book, uh, get some videos. There are lots of videos online. Educate yourself as to what sport your kids are playing and teach yourself. It's as simple as that. Nobody expects you to go out and be an expert, but at least you can know what the rules are, and at least you can get a sense of, okay, these are the drills and skills that my kid might benefit from, and then go out as an assistant coach just to volunteer. I mean, as Pat said, there are lots of different ways you can do this, uh, but you really need to pay attention to what your youngster is involved in. Let's, uh, let's move on to, uh, to Hewlett and Jackie standing by. Jackie, good morning. You're next up on The Fan. Thank you. Hi, it's Jackie from Hewlett. Yep. Um, I think a lot of people are just missing the boat because the answer is just so simple. You're talking about marketing a sport that our experience was that at four or five, the kids went out in droves to you know sign up for T-ball. 
Um, and I have a daughter, and it became very obvious to us as we went through the entire Little League system that there are stages in which the girls are just not welcome. And from a marketing standpoint, my solution is, and we talked about this for a very long time, invite the girls in with open arms. Yep. They're not welcome. That at every stage of the game, my daughter met resistance of a, you know, it changed the nature of the resistance changed. But I always told her, as long as she's having fun and she likes to play, I'm going to make sure I'm going to be that animal mom that's going to make her feel comfortable because it makes us happy to watch her play baseball. But as we, you know, we went through the system, the girls just drop off much sooner than the boys. Well, Jackie, it's 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 funny. Uh, you know, this has been a, a thorn on the side for Little League Baseball for years and years and years, and they finally saw the light, you know, probably, I'm going to guess, 20, 25, 30 years ago, that girls do enjoy playing baseball. They don't mind competing against boys, and the, the good news is that most boys don't have a problem competing against girls. Exactly. And, and uh, there are increasing numbers of girls who do go on to play high school baseball these days, uh, and, and that's all good. Uh, I, I just... It's again. I that's one of the situations where I do think it's as you said. You you see you sit down with your daughter and say, look, if you enjoy doing this and it's fun for you, keep playing. Uh, I, and, I agree. I, I think that the girls though get bullied out of playing at a certain age. Well, that's what happens invariably. You know, as the the physiological differences. I become, disagree. Yeah. You know, uh, can sorry? I stop you right there, Rick? You don't we agree need, with that? No, I don't. Uh, that's a whole other subject we could go into. But if you're talking about marketing and keeping everybody interested, yeah. I agree that by 15 and when you start thinking about college, there's no future in baseball for girls right now. But you've got to start, start from the bottom up. You're talking about marketing baseball to little kids. Correct. And if you're looking for men to play baseball when they get older, I still think the better players, girls and boys, will rise and play travel like my daughter did. Mm -hmm. And I agree with the last caller with one major difference. The parents are the problem. They don't encourage, they tell their sons or whoever they tell, even they're, they're not entering enough girls at four when they don't know the difference, and there is no difference. In fact, the girls are better than the boys at, until they're about six or seven or eight. I don't even know where the age is, but my daughter really never had a talent problem. She she went through the whole Little League system. She played on a travel team, and everyone kept telling her that she was not going to be strong enough at age, whatever age, it was arbitrary, yep. that she wouldn't be able to catch up with the ball or the boys when it was kid pitch would pitch too fast. It never happened. We're lucky. She was very athletic. And I'm, we're not going to get into that now. I could talk well, for, for, here, you know, for years for that. But. Jack, let me, let me stop you there, and I, and I thank you for the call this morning. Because, again, we're talking about marketing the sport, and I agree with you that we're not trying to sell baseball just to boys. Uh, my youngest daughter played uh, baseball and loved it up until the time she was 12 or 13. Then she fell in love with lacrosse. Uh, lacrosse and baseball are both spring sports. She opted for lacrosse and, and did very well in that sport. But, you know, all during those times, and my, my youngest daughter is now 30, all during those times, it was pretty obvious that, <clears throat> excuse me, that boys and girls played together, that the boys and girls accepted each other, um, you know, whether it was uh, baseball or hockey, uh, basketball. So I don't think that was a concern. And again, this is going back 10, 15, 20 years now. I do believe that, yes, it's all very much documented that as the, as the kids get older into the late teens, there are physiological differences that do obviously are, are manifested that the boys traditionally are bigger and stronger than the girls. We know that. But the fact is the love of the game should continue whether you're male or female. And that's, you know, so I'm re when I read things like Major League Baseball is trying to eliminate uh, 42 minor league teams just to save a few bucks, uh, that's not a good move for anybody. Because now you're going to basically get rid of uh, a lot of your grassroots uh, interest in the game in a lot of minor league town towns around the country. That's not a good move if you're trying to market the sport. Um, that's what concerns me. All right, let's move on. Let's go. Let's go over to uh, to Lou and Lindbrook. Hey, Lou. Good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, hey, Rick. How are you? Good. How are uh, you? I, okay, great. Uh, I love your show as always. Uh, I think there's a downturn of youth baseball participants to lacrosse and track, and the reason being is uh, more kids playing a lacrosse game than a baseball game, uh -huh. and uh, more kids are receiving scholarships in lacrosse than baseball. But one of the one of the most unusual things is this: I noticed with all these turf fields sprouting up. 
it's tough for a kid to go and play baseball with six or seven of his kids. They all get chased off from playing. So things are not easy today. And uh, now you even got rugby coming in, giving baseball an even tougher time as far as recruitment of, uh, of the kids. Well, that's an interesting point about the point about the fact that uh, you know the artificial turf is getting in the way of, of kids. I mean, I um, geez, that's that's tough. I but I'd also have to say that you would hope that uh, school districts would be encouraging uh, to let the facilities be available to all kids, regardless of their sport, just so they can get accustomed to playing on a smooth surface with no bad hops. I mean, that's that's always a treat if you're an infielder. Um, but I, I hear you loud and clear. It, it's getting to be a very crowded kind of situation with the growing popularity of lacrosse uh, and, and obviously other sports like rugby. Um, yeah, but I, it all starts, I think, at the youth level and making sure that kids go out and understand this is a tough game to play. And, you know, it would help if mom and dad were there to, to encourage them on. I mean, it's as simple as that. Lou, thank you for the call as always. I'll talk to you again real soon. Let's go up to uh, to Rhode Island. Joe is standing by. Joe, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, how you doing? Good, I Joe. You got about one minute here before I got a break, but go ahead. No problem. Uh, you go to some of the games. My son plays and everything. Yep. You go, and one of the bottom lines that I hear complaints from parents: the game is too long. The girls' fast pitch has like eighty or ninety minute time limit. The boys dib in some games realistically. Two hours, 15 minutes, two and a half hours. You're getting like sunbaked, and parents have to go and take care of their other kids. This is really a big going concern. So sometimes it's like, are you there for the kids, or are you there as a parent or a coach that thinks you're in the major leagues? I really think that's one of the biggest problems. The games are too long. With the other options, basketball's time, soccer's time, an hour, an hour, 20 minutes, you're out of there in a lot of these sports. Hey, Joe, I think... I think you really hit a very important uh, point, and I agree with you. Uh, what what seven or eight or nine year old wants to sit in the out, outfield for two hours doing nothing? Joe, thank you for the call, and I do think that it'd be a great help for youth in little league baseball. Instead of relying upon kids to throw pitches during the course of the game, use either a, 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 a very easy to uh, to adjust to iron mic to have pitches come into the kids or have a dad throw uh, uh, pitches during the course of the affair. Simple as that. Keep the games moving. Keep them going. Keep them moving. Keep them fast paced. The kids know that they got to keep keep active and stay involved in the in the uh, what's going on. Otherwise, they're going to lose interest. It's as simple as that. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Pete Hoffman. Please stick around for Ed Randall. He's up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.